let's let you focus on revenue generating activity okay. and execute. And then we're able to look at leading indicators and things like that, as opposed to just using a PL. So okay. there's all those things that we just want to be that vehicle for the franchise owner to get them from where they are to where they want to go in a faster, more effective, efficient manner and, okay. and do the best we can there. So then from a that is Turt Ricketts. He's the vice president for franchise development for Horsepower Brands, which has eight brands under their umbrella. And today we're specifically talking about Blingle, one of their brands that does Christmas lighting and all sorts of other lighting, which is a lot of fun. Now, what he's talking about there just a second ago is how they back up and support their franchisees on all the aspects of behind the scenes, whether it's the marketing, the bookkeeping, the hiring, even the phone calls that come in. All those elements, they make your job easier as a potential franchisee. And that's what he goes over in a little more detail. So you're listening to the CloseTheDeal.com podcast. I'm your host, Jules Smith, and this is a special edition of Franchise and Funding Insights. Now, let's begin the show. Turk, I want to welcome you to Franchise and Funding Insights. My first question, my favorite question is, what are you grateful for today? Oh, my gosh. I would say just waking up in the morning and being really excited to go do what I'm doing every day. So yes. I love it. And that is something that's special to be able to wake up and do something you love every day. Is there something from the past, too, that influenced you, helped you get where you are today? Uh, I would say my... Probably much of my parents. I'm sure that's yeah. pretty, that's what a lot of people say. I saw my dad grew up as an entrepreneur and I saw him be, be high of high and low of low and work ethic and what you need to get through things. And same with my mom there. That's definitely influenced me every day, how I work hard and what I'm doing professionally as well. Okay. That's, that makes sense. Um, and you're based in Oklahoma. I'm sorry, Oklahoma. Omaha yes. with horsepower brands. Tell us a little bit about your role, what you do, and 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 we'll get into the brand in a second. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the vice president of franchise development with horsepower brands. My main focus is with the brand Blingle, uh, okay. but overarching I can speak to a lot of the different brands, the support structures, and I'm a, a part of those new brands coming on and how we're building them out and just continuing to improve systems and process. And I came on about three, three and a half years ago. So I was the first employee with Horsepower. It's okay. been a really fun trip so far. And what were you doing before? Oh, I ran the franchise finance vertical for a national lender. And that's okay. actually how I met Josh and Zach. I built out funding programs for gotcha. Monster Tree and Redbox. Okay. Now, you all, in this case, you all acquire, I know you all start some brands up from scratch. And in this case, you all acquired a brand. Is that correct? We did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What was the opportunity? You Obviously, there's some fractured sectors. Was this a fractured sector that we look at, we're going to talk about here? And what was the opportunity that you all saw with this? Yeah, 100% it's fractured. And it's something where we took an existing company that was focused just on holiday. And when we saw it, we saw the profitability, the opportunity, et cetera, is very blue ocean, but we didn't want something that was just seasonal or holiday focused. Right. And then we looked deeper into the marketplace and saw okay. that there's no premier lighting company really out there that's focusing on just lighting and doing all three. And that's the only thing they're doing. They're not a landscaper. It's not a mom and pop 
tag on where they just do holiday or landscape or permanent lighting. Right. We're taking all that together. And it's just an awesome opportunity. And what we're seeing is really fun as we go through. How do you describe Blingle? I mean, if you said, if you're telling people what the brand is at 30 second overview or 60 second overview, you tell us. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a premier lighting company that specializes in holiday lighting. Mm -hmm. It specializes in landscape and permanent lighting as well as event. And it's Mm -hmm. B2B, B2C. And it's really one of its kind where it's premier lighting specializing in everything. And it has a residual revenue factor with a high retention rate, as well as high ticket, high margin in the service space, very fragmented and lots of blue ocean from a marketing perspective. And you all bought. You all, I had the privilege, you all invited me to, to your warehouse to see oh, yeah. the massive warehouse, 50,000 square feet of lights. Yeah. That's the one of Christmas lights. <laughs> Let, it, look, I, I'm going diver- I'm gonna, I'm gonna to step out for just a second. I've always been fascinated by this space. I just didn't know it existed until you all came along. And yeah. I grew up in New Orleans watching Al Copeland, who was the founder of the Popeyes franchise. Yeah. And he was just... A, Locally, he was known across the United States and the world, for that matter, for Popeyes. Yeah. But locally and regionally, he was known for his Christmas lights. So he would put wow. up a million lights back in the day. Yeah. And he was way ahead of his time for that as well. So I've always been fascinated. So when I learned about your brand, what you all do, and I walked in your warehouse, the first thing I thought of was Al Copeland. I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah. if he could only see this, right? <laughs> He'd be a kid in a candy candy store seeing that thing. You knew uh, that would have blown his mind. You know what he would have wanted to do? He would have wanted to buy them all and go do something bigger. That's what he, that, that was his personality. His personality was huge. So you all doing so something that's so much fun and, and enjoyable. You brighten people's day up. And of course, when I went into your facility, a lot of it is Christmas lights, but you mm-hmm. hit on a lot of sectors. Like in New Orleans, people are putting up purple and gold lights Purple, green, and gold lights for Mardi Gras. So you yeah. all hit all the seasons. Yep, hundred percent. Right? Where where it does become that not just seasonal type business. Okay. And the nice thing is when you have your holiday lighting, it's a high retention rate and it's residual revenue model. It's typically right. a three year contract. Okay. And then, like you said, we had solved one of the big. If you look at a SWOT analysis for the industry, we solved it by importing and having all these lights from a distribution perspective. Mm-hmm. But then as you come out of that, yeah, you have those renewals in the second year and you start to, you can set up monthly payment plans, et cetera. But then that next selling season doesn't necessarily start until about July. And mm-hmm. it really picks up on landscape and permanent lighting to be able to work with custom home builders, real estate agents, individuals, it's B2B and B2C. There's a lot of security components that that go with that permanent and landscape lighting. And then there's wedding events, venues, things like that. And we're taking all of them together so that it does become that nice year-round business where there's probably in certain markets a little bit of a lull between the end of January and then all of February. But you're doing home shows, pre-selling, doing different things like that. But it really picks it up so that you have that whole year. And then you have service contracts on the landscape lighting too. That, that you're doing as well. So when you think about a residual income with then high ticket, high margin attached to it, it's a pretty beautiful business. And it's something that's hard to come by, in my opinion, of looking at marrying those two together. And what's fascinating is your retention rate. Once you have a customer, what is what is that number again? It, for somebody to come back the following year, do lights for that, whatever that season is? 90, 90%. So- that's- that's wild. Yes. Yes. It's a very good thing. And it's something too, you see the demand from it where 
in our disclosure, there's 345 non-serviceable holiday leads. And that means somebody that came in, understood what the minimum was and said, hey, we need you to come out. And we weren't just, they weren't able to service it because they just were like, hey, I can't do this until next year. I just don't, the staff, et cetera. And it's still after an amazing year, it's crazy to look at all the money on the table there and be like, wow, how can you leave that on there? And we're just trying to make that tighter and more efficient with better access to the distribution to sourcing materials, the technology, logistics, et cetera. But the demand out there is crazy and retention rate of 90% will make anybody smile, I think. And clearly you all see a big market for this because that warehouse, if I, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, was about 50,000 square feet. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, it's a little over 55,000. And of, stacked, of, up of, of the, yeah, stacked up to the ceilings, my friend. And it's Blingle's certainly the largest investment that we've made from a horsepower perspective gotcha. in, into a specific brand. And the okay. reason is like, the gap in the infrastructure there to be able to get the lights for our owners, make sure they had access to them, et cetera. There just wasn't anybody there that could support us. So you had to make that massive investment and in the infrastructure there to make it work, which we have and which we do throughout all the brands, but with Blingle specifically, it's certainly the the largest investment that's been made there. That's so smart. So speaking of investment, let's turn the attention to somebody who is interested in your brand, right? What mm-hmm. is the investment for somebody to get into a Blingle franchise? I'd say about 300000 up to four hundred fifty, okay. And that is dependent on how many territories an owner might start with. Okay. On average, owners start with three territories, which is like okay. 900000 in population. So it's a big area okay. that they can really scale and grow into and dominate that market. So you're looking at that range, which is pretty broad, but I take them through understanding and helping them to understand the investment and build out what their investment might look like for them on their end. And if somebody listening to the show, if you've ever been to New Orleans, the entire metro area of New Orleans is right around a million. So that's a yeah. big, that's a big area that you're covering what you're talking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. And because we want to, we like that empire builder type mindset, somebody that wants to scale a big business, somebody that wants to grow and maybe even have multiple businesses under an umbrella and be able to hire GMs and continue to scale and grow. And if we didn't give them the opportunity to do that with multiple territories that they owned in large territories, then we just wouldn't be backing up what we say we like. Sure, sure. And that's something that's unique with you all as a company, because you all have the different brands and people can literally stack different brands. You all like, what, seven brands now? Six, you all just added the fencing company. Yeah. Yep. We just added that. That's eight. Eight. Yeah. Some of those parallel each other where it's easy to stack one franchise on top of the other and you've got the infrastructure built in. And this is the cool part. I'm going to dovetail to that mindset, that thought process. Yeah. You all use the same systems and processes between all the different brands and you all support the brands. And let's talk about how you support the brands because I know from a back end of house, you've got we can, you can expand on this, but the, the bookkeeping, the yeah. helping, hiring, the marketing, and whatever else may be specific to Blingle. Yeah, absolutely. So with those supporting verticals, as you go through, and we're very experienced franchisors on the leadership level, owners that have on the C-suite level that have been franchisees and franchise owners of multiple locations. We're like, where are the gaps a lot of times? And one of the biggest ones, and I can hit on it, we have bookkeeping, marketing, 
There's a fleet management service to be able to get those things like lights for Christmas with the warehousing. My biggest thing is like the hiring piece with Recruit Z. And mm-hmm. we're able to provide, in, in my opinion, and it is my opinion, but better service and because we understand the brand. And what that does is none of these supporting verticals are meant to be profit centers. Right. All it's going to do is make the franchisees what we see, what we want to be happening is better top line revenue, healthier bottom line. And then our lifeblood as a franchisor is royalty. So everybody's happy at the end of the day. And with that recruiting, let's say you're going out to get a GM. If you hire a search firm, they're going to charge you sixteen to $25,000 right. for, for that placement. We're at 1500 maybe two grand. So they're wow. saving money on that side while getting that awesome service that's provided, doing background checks, setting up the interviews. It's really something that's special that I've, horsepower brings to the table with those supporting verticals. And, and, and that is really key because from a hiring perspective, that accelerates the process. Oh, yeah. From a bookkeeping process, you all help with the books in the backside. That's yeah. And then the marketing piece as well. And then you've got the data that mm-hmm. you're able to look at between different franchises. It's it, they're independent of each other, but you're able to look at the data, larger picture. And see yeah. what's work really working and dial yeah. that in. Yeah. That, and, and then the person buying the investing in the franchise, I should say, they can focus on getting the business going using your systems and processes. What is the support and training like getting somebody into the fold with? Yeah. Clean- yeah. So, and that's beautiful that you said that just to, to hit on that. It's just, hey, let's let you focus on revenue generating activity okay. and execute. And then we're able to look at leading indicators and things like that, as opposed to just using a PL. So okay. there's all those things that we just want to be that vehicle for the franchise owner to get them from where they are to where they want to go in a faster, more effective, efficient manner and, okay. and do the best we can there. So then from a training process perspective, we have a phase one where it's just some more kind of ticky tack type things, finalizing funding. Not that's not important, but like insurance, doing all these different types of things, start recruiting. And that can last it's typically about seven, eight weeks, but it can be shorter from that mm-hmm. time period, just dependent upon the financing structure. Okay. And then what we do is we start a phase two, and that's an onboarding program where we do seven weeks virtually, where they're talking with their onboarding coach, they're talking with their franchise business coach for Blingle, director of ops, marketing, sales, and all of our brands have all these things. Mm-hmm. And we're building that out, doing some different pre-sales, starting on the marketing side, on digital And that's building up to then a week in Omaha. Mm -hmm. They come out and spend a week with us. Then they launch and then we go spend a couple days with them in the field after they launch. We host regional trainings, quarterly regionals. They have somebody that's dedicated to them at all times with their business coach, as well as then that structure of a director of sales, VP of sales and ops, operations director, marketing director, all the business coaches. So there's so much support there where there's a lot of tools in the toolbox. And that's where it then comes down to that execution side and that piece of it. If you can execute, there's plenty of tools for you to go out there and do it. That, that, that all makes so much sense. Now, of course, people are going to want to know, all right, I know what the investment level is. I know what the support level is. But what might our revenue look like? Yeah. So in, in our FDD, our franchise disclosure document, the AUV is $1.4 million with about a 33% EBITDA on that, so 490 or so. And then we go through and it's a full P&L 
they'll see dis- you know the ex- different expenses, what their cogs are, average ticket, et cetera. So it's all right there. And then we're really big on validation in our process as well. Okay. So they're able to validate every week with a different franchise owner, with the leadership team, et cetera, because they need to know, hey, those certain specific numbers, what's the experience like, who's this Terp guy, he's saying the right. support's great, is it? And then it's a culture fit too from the leadership side. Culture is big and that's not beanbag chairs and snacks. It's something that you feel and you got to be exposed to leadership as you go through that process. And we want to keep our culture really strong too with great owners. That makes all the sense in the world. So what is the ideal candidate? You speak in culture and it, it goes both ways. Yeah. That has to, it has to work both ways. Oh yeah. Make yeah. it work. So what is the ideal candidate for you all? Cause you all, I, the, the candidate is, investigating and learning about you, but you also learning about them. What does that project look like? hundred percent. I think it's somebody that wants to man is good at managing people and good with people and can hold people accountable. You find sometimes a new owner, uh, they'll have a salesperson that they really like and they're not selling. They're not doing those activities that are needed. I really like them. They're not doing their job though. So you have to be able to hold people accountable, but also want to see them succeed and coach with them. So I think it's, it's being able to, to manage that people piece and then truly just having some grit about you and understanding we're here to help you. And it's a, ha- a glass half full mentality because even with a franchise and all this support, owning a business still isn't easy. You're going to have tough days. It's not rainbows and butterflies, but use your tools, continue to use that and see the glasses half full and look down the road as well as, as the forest in front of you too. But you got to be able to see down because not every day is going to be uh, a cakewalk essentially. There is no such thing. No, I wish. <laughs> it's not exist unless you win the lottery and then yeah. you got to hold on to the problem. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's the number one piece of advice you give somebody when they're looking at all this? Help I would you. say, yeah, I would say to, to really see the process through, do what the, whatever the franchisor has set up from whether it's validation or, hey, do this research prior to our next call. And it's a lot. And like, I understand that when I'm talking to candidates, they have a life, they have families, they have a job, they have this, that, the other, but take the time to do those things and educate yourself fully. And then you'll truly get to a hard yes or a hard no. Either one's beautiful there. I'm good with that. But see that process through because you don't want to get stuck in the middle and think, what if? What if I did that and researched that a little more? So you just give it there and be transparent with who you're working with and who you're working with will be transparent with you. And we figure it out one way or the other. I love it. So we're going to button up right there. Folks, if you want to learn more, this is a fun franchise. I had, the, like I yeah. said, I had a chance to walk into your show, showroom slash warehouse it is a show in white when you walk in showing off all the lights it's it's a fun business i mean yeah. people light up they're excited so if you want to learn about this business check out franchiseandfunding.com hit the contact us button and reach me or you can email me at yule smith e-w-e-l-l smith at franchiseandfunding.com turk this has been fun uh, uh, what's your vision real quick where do you see this going? Last question. The goal is to really be the only premier lighting company in okay. the U.S. and be that that 800-pound gorilla in the local and national marketplace. I love it. I love it. This has been fun, Terp. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Bye.
Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. And that's a wrap with Turk. And I want to thank you for being part of this journey as we grow and expand, adding this new series on franchising. We're going to continue to invest and continue to change and continue to uh, evolve along this journey, just like any other business would. And you're part of that journey. So thank you. And hopefully these episodes are helpful for you if you're considering a franchise. And to learn more about franchising, visit franchiseandfunding.com. And there's a contact button there if you want to get in touch with me. Reach out to me. And I look forward to speaking with you. Now, you know the drill. Be intentional and make today a great day. Bye-bye.